Welcome to the No Clue Podcast, episode 150. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Tyler. I'm Mike. And we are recording after game three at this point. Yes. Uh, we're going to talk about game two and game three. Um, so what do you think so far? How how do you like how the series is going, <sighs> the finals? It still feels pretty one-sided to me, to be honest. Okay. Um. Uh, just just to talk about game two, it's crazy because, like, Budenholzer learned from game one. Mm-hmm. Like we said, he knows how to adjust game to game. Yeah. And what pissed me off is now the players took a turn losing a game. Yeah. Like, I just, Holiday can't just miss layup after layup. And take bad layup after bad layup. Right. Yeah. Middleton was nowhere to be found. Yep. I mean, everybody, every scorer in the league can make, like, free throw line pull-ups even when they're cold. Yeah. But when Middleton goes cold, he can't even make those. Nope. And it looks like, he makes them look like bad shots. Yeah. Like, Devin Booker could be off and it still never looks like a bad shot when he's taking it. Mm-hmm. But for some CP reason, Middle too. yeah, Middleton will find space and be comfortable and just make it look awkward. Yeah. Uh, and it was just weird that Giannis had to carry them to even like stay in the game. Yeah, big time. I mean, that was probably he great, by the way. I know it. It was shocking because that might have been his best like individual attack game. Mm-hmm. Where he played to his strengths, everything was quick, everything was, a lot of it was out of like handoffs, pick and rolls. Shot good from the free throw line. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he they got him everything he had. Exactly. Yeah. And nobody else helped in any way. They shot nine for 31 from three, and Connaughton made four of those. Everyone else in the starting lineup. <laughs> At maximum, hit one. Greek Freak hit as many threes as Middleton and Holiday did. Uh, Lopez didn't make any. Forbes shot three, made one. Everybody, basically everybody who played got one off at least. So that's You know what it was? Normally, it's the quality of shots I criticize. Mm-hmm. This game, the distribution of shots was awful. Absolutely. Uh, I yeah. mean... Like Pat Connaughton is the the only the second guy behind Giannis who could get good shots. Yeah, that is bizarre. Yep. They still like some of it is Brooks' fault, but they can't get him good shots ever. No. Unless the defense is bad. Right. And again, like you know, Boonholzer makes the adjustment. They come out, they play harder, and they're more competitive early on. Mm-hmm. All Phoenix has to do is hit shots. Yeah. You know, Phoenix was hot early on in the game, and Milwaukee ran out of gas. Mm-hmm. So, it, that game, too, was really frustrating. It was. It was. Um, and the, the thing is, Phoenix didn't even shoot all that great. I mean... It, it was really only the first quarter that they shot great. Right. Yeah, they ended up... I mean, as a team, they ended up going... About 50%, but, I mean, 
It wasn't that much better than Milwaukee. It's not like they completely shot them out the game. Yeah. It was just, you know, better shots. Reboundable yes. shots. Yes, and their wings, like their their basic, like their wings aren't like unguardable. No. None but of them when, Yeah, but when they get quality shots for 48 minutes, yeah. all, all it takes is for a guy to get hot and... And you get Mikal Bridges gets what fourteen or sixteen in the first half, yeah. And second half Crowder got going. Cameron Johnson's been playing great, mm-hmm. but it's because he's getting great shots. Yep. And like they're looking at Brook Lopez like you got to play better. How is he supposed to play better when every layup he takes is in traffic? Yeah. Every shot, every three pointer he takes is a step behind the line. Yep. And it's like the spacing still isn't good enough. Yep. And again, all his threes are possession enders because they're yes. everyone's, everyone's out the paint. No one yes. goes to the rebound. Crowder had 10 rebounds. Bridges had 7 rebounds. Aiton had 11 rebounds. So you're getting, you know, 28 rebounds out of just three players in the starting lineup. That's, that's and, tough. And everybody on Phoenix takes reboundable shots yep by design yep where again like some of it is on coaching to kind of design better plays but when the iq isn't good enough to get good shots it doesn't really matter right and that that's kind of what game two showed me is no matter what mike boonholzer does if drew holiday can't think and dribble doesn't matter yep if he's not managing the pace correctly, it, it's just it, it. A lot of it, a lot of game two for me did fall on Drew Holiday. Yes. It really did, because I've seen Middleton shoot bad and then still play well. Because Middleton, he shoots a lot of reboundable shots, but you know, guys have to actually be there to get the rebound. Um, Portis only got five minutes this game. Uh, Forbes only had six. And then there's Connaughton with 34 minutes. Again, he's he's not really good enough to be a sixth man, but you have the balance to kind of fool people into thinking that he's a sixth man. Yeah. But like you just said, there's no balance. He's yep. playing starter minutes and nobody else can get eight? Yeah. Like, how do you go, you have a six-man and then nothing else on the bench? <laughs> Teague had 12. <laughs> but they were never, like, it was never at a time. It was, like, you invisible. know. An invisible. An invisible 12. Yeah, three here, three there, three there, something like that. But it's just, like, I'm starting to really notice the lack of a point guard presence on the floor. Mm-hmm. And with Eric Bledsoe, I knew that was the case. And I feel like the team didn't try to pretend like there was one. Exactly. Yeah. But with Drew Holiday, there's this weird... Like, he's expected to save possessions all the time. Mm-hmm. And it, I just don't understand, like... If you could find good shots for Eric Bledsoe, who wasn't really playing well every playoff run... Yeah. But Drew Holiday has to take all contested... You know, he should be making layups, like I said. Mm -hmm. But all his jumpers, somebody's contesting them. Yeah. Yep. 
It's it's really frustrating watching Milwaukee. It is. It is. And, is it, and let me be clear for the listeners: we're not Milwaukee Bucks fans. We just we just like good basketball. Yes, that's it. I I root for every team to play to their best. Yes, exactly. Like, I want to see a team win or lose playing their best. Yep. Okay, so that's game two. Uh, Game three has been completed. Yes. Back to Milwaukee they go, and it was expected of a different story. Yeah, 20-point whooping. Yes. Go, what did you think of the game before I go? Because I have a lot of thoughts. I, I told you, man. I would tell if I'm if I'm in the Milwaukee front office, I'm telling Budenholzer, look, man. If I don't see Porters get ten minutes a game, just don't come to work. Just forget it. Because every time Porters gets a lot of minutes, and they you know figure it out, he gets touches. He makes these big plays. He he was. Third and plus and minus for them this game. He was plus 19 on the court. I just... And, uh, and only ahead. played 18 minutes. I mean, he's plus more than minutes he played? That's that's impressive for anybody. I'm not saying he's the only reason they won the game. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's the adjustment that he makes from 5 minutes to 18 minutes. And all of a sudden it's a 20-point game. Everyone else was pretty much the same as far as minutes goes. I I just I don't get like every time we watch Bobby Portis on the court, he doesn't do things to get taken out of the game. You know, second <laughs> half he had a little like yeah. he got a little heated. Mm-hmm. But that that elevates the rest of the team. It does. It, but in the past, like he really hasn't gotten you know excessively heated throughout the playoffs. No. But it's like Budenholzer takes him out constantly as if he's playing like shit. <laughs> and he's eating. He's literally and, doing the opposite. Yes. He's only taking great shots on a team yep. that struggles to get good shots. Like, I would think you'd want him out there. Right. Yeah. All his Even threes are wide open. Wide open. Yep. yep. He's, getting or, layups. Just... he's getting layups constantly and he's not missing them. They're just to keep the defense honest, his jumpers. You're right. And, and um, he's someone, every single time I see him play, he gets a defense to offense, like, point. Like, he always makes a block that leads to a dunk or a steal that leads to a wide-open dunk. Like, he makes these great possessions of this transition of defense to offense every single time he plays. Yes. And he he's that always... One to trail dunk he had last night. Yep. And he's always putting pressure on the defense to, like, match his physicality. Yep, he is. That's he something is. that Brooke Lopez, like, doesn't do nearly enough of. Yep. And Bobby Portis is definitely, I mean, clearly he's the best switch big that they have. If they have to switch and he switches, he does his best. Yeah. I mean, you know, he I does guess better technically, than P.J. Tucker is this kind of that as well. Yeah. But it's, it's weird because... Like, they don't want to commit to playing him at the five. Mm-hmm. But clearly, Budenholzer doesn't like his centers getting cooked. Yeah. So, I just... It's similar to Ty Lue, like we talked about, where he's, like, hesitant to commit to certain things. Mm-hmm. 
but uh, again, they have so much versatility that he could like he could get away with stuff like that. Right. Right. What and else? I, I don't want to be I, I want to start with the positives because you know they won the game it was a blowout there was a lot of good things yeah uh drew holiday getting hot from three was huge yep huge and they weren't open shots but they were like good rhythm shots I thought yeah they were yeah especially with kind of the team starting to play better like kind of pulling away more and more. That's when I'm, you know, I could see a guy taking a couple of tougher shots to get going. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought another positive was Middleton's first half defense on Booker was fantastic. Yes, and, absolutely. And I'm, I'm watching it, and you know, I remember him guarding KD and doing a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. I just, but then I didn't see it against Atlanta at all. No, me either. And which which is what why I'm like surprised where he's doing such a good job on Booker and I'm like, why are we in game three and I'm just noticing that he could guard Devin Booker? Right. The the consistency needs to be there every night. It doesn't he shouldn't have to be in Milwaukee to play good defense. Yep. Yep. But again, he wasn't really taking that many shots. They didn't really need him to score. And he still contributed in a big way. Yep. That's something, that's all I expect. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. doesn't really seem that hard. Uh, and another huge positive was Giannis's game two free throws were much better. In yeah. game three, they were flat out great. Yep, only I missed mean, four. Yeah, 76, I think, percent. I don't remember how much he shot exactly, but at one point he was like yeah. 10 of 13. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if he shot that many more after that, but... 13 like, for 17 he ended up. That That is in- incredible. Yeah. Like I mean, that's regular now, free throw numbers. Exactly. Now you're getting to the line. You're putting people in foul trouble. Yeah. Like worthy foul trouble. Yeah. And getting something out of it. Yes. And he was great all around. Again, I think... He, did he even take a three? He might have took one. Two. 0 for 2. That's okay because he was in attack mode getting to the basket all night. Yep. Yep. Like, I thought all of the shots he looked to take were very aggressive. Very, like, I'm going to put pressure on the defense to stop me. Mm-hmm. Not and, just, and, I'm going to force my way to get involved. And they do better being more aggressive from three when they have Portis out there. Uh, because I I just feel like he goes after offensive rebounds at a different level than obviously Lopez does. Lopez had zero yes. offensive rebounds this game. Uh, he only had two rebounds the whole game actually. But um, the other thing is I think Budenholzer did a really good job with his lineups this game. And aside from Portis, I like that he had he got experimental instead of just having the same you know like the starters just you know, with one person replaced. Yep. I like how he had Connaughton and Portis out there at the same time a few times. He had Lopez and Portis out there for a little bit at the same time. He even, like, had Lopez, Portis, and Greek Freak there for, like, two minutes or so and just going big, and it looks nice. Like, he, he made these different adjustments on the floor as far as substituting that was interesting, and it kept the Suns on their toes. Yeah. Defensively, it worked really well on the Suns. Yep. But again, 
I'm going to sound like a hater. But besides those positives that I said, and Budenholzer, you know, doing a good job. Yeah. Showing that the team is versatile. Yeah. Which, again, I don't care if they can't make shots. They still could be versatile. Right. Uh, I wasn't that impressed. Go on. Keep going. Uh, first of all, Scott Foster was refereeing the game. And it showed. Uh-huh. It showed. I don't remember the last time I've pointed out specific calls that have impacted the game on here. Mm-hmm. But that uh, offensive foul that they they called a defensive foul on Crowder. Yeah. When Giannis just barreled through him. Yeah. I I don't understand how that's a defensive foul. I'm with you. Maybe it's a again, and you can't call flop. Maybe if it was a flop, I'd be like, you know, you still can't call it the opposite way just because it was a flop. You just let it go. Right. Uh, and to me, I'm looking. They showed it on the replay, and I'm like, "There's literally nothing here to make it a defensive foul." Mm-hmm. Uh, and then these, the second call that pretty much ended the game was late in the first half. The Bucks are going on a huge run, really pulling away, and Middleton drives left straight at Aiton. Aiton just contests normally. Yep. Foul. Yep. Because Middleton fell awkwardly. And that was Aiton's third, right? Aiton's third foul, and he barely played in the second half because he picked up his fourth in the third. Right. And yep. I just that was big. Those those two calls really messed up the Suns' rhythm. Mm-hmm. Because once Aiton got in foul trouble, the Sarich absence was very like noticeable. Yeah. And I talked Cam- about it when he got hurt. Is like if now Aiden has to stay out of foul trouble. Yeah. Because then mean, Cam Johnson played a lot more minutes and he got in foul trouble. Right. But yeah. it's the problem for me is Phoenix had to go small and they had no answer for Giannis. Right. And Kaminsky was not, wasn't it? No. Yeah. Portis was working Kaminsky. Everybody was working Kaminsky. Yeah. And Kaminsky's not like he's not ready to to get stops. He's just not. But it's, I don't expect him <laughs> <Yeah>. to. <laughs> right, that's just not his game. Right. So um, I wasn't level. really surprised that he looked like a weak link out there. I really didn't. I I was happy that they went small. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, this is kind of your only choice without Saric. Right. But the other thing that hurt them was they were cold. Mm-hmm. Other than Crowder, everybody was missing open looks. Yeah. Uh, like, just shots that they were knocking down the first two games that, you know, are great shots to get. Mm-hmm. They were just missing. Yep. Yep. So I'm, I'm watching Milwaukee pull away, and Milwaukee's, you know, playing great. They're doing certain things better. But it's, you know, Phoenix could have made maybe four or five of those threes. We'd be in halftime at a tie game. Yeah, or a possession game. So I just like it, it seemed like it was such a blowout at halftime when it it really was just a couple subtle things. Yeah, that changed the momentum of the game. Yep. You, you uh, know the other thing is. Oh, go ahead. No, no. Go ahead and say what you were gonna say because I I kind of have a completely different point after that. Oh, okay. 
the other thing is uh, there was a big change in aggression. I mean, which we expected coming home for Milwaukee. But Milwaukee definitely was more aggressive on both ends yes. in this game. And even though even though there were shots Phoenix hit, I think that the Bucks still did a good job of getting a hand up on a lot of shots that were like completely wide open in the last two games. I think the Bucks were there a lot of times, but still it, it was just the way campaign played, the way Booker played. This is not something that I think they'll get often for the rest of the finals. Yeah, Booker was Booker probably had not probably he had the worst game of his the playoff run. Yeah, and a lot of that was a lot of people were criticizing him, but I thought it was Middleton playing really good defense on him. I agree. Yeah, and not just letting him bump him and get you know space pretty easily. He was See, doing a good job of staying in front of him. See, but this is this is the one time for me that Booker falls short of being a facilitator at all when he gets like this. Yes. When he's missing shots, he doesn't make an effort to pump fake and go create shots for anyone else when he's off. He just keeps shooting, keeps trying to get open, keeps shooting. You know, to me, if you go three for 14, I need more than two assists. Or I need more, at least more than one turnover. At least show me you tried to make some passes. Right. The the turnovers, he should have had more just trying to make plays. I agree with you. Yeah. But the assists weren't really there because, you know, he was getting left with Middleton on an island. It wasn't like, you know, there was a lot of space to work with. Yeah, but if, if he, you know, he could have drove, he could have did something, called a pick for, you know, high screen and roll. Yeah. And done something. I mean, you know, you know, guys, they get on the island, it's not there, they call for a screen, and they yep. make something else happen. CP will do it. That, that's what he struggled with. He could have, like, ran more pick and rolls, just kind of gotten other people, like, involved in his plays. Yeah. And he never even really made an effort to do that. Because when you're an elite player, you don't shoot yourself completely off the court. Like, right. You know, you don't do that. And the, the Kobe talk for him the mob mentality kobe doesn't do that he right. shoots bad and you know we talked about it something else gets replaced we i mean even like brandon roy guys like that they shot bad okay i'm getting six assists i'm getting rebounds booker shot bad and just said okay i'm good i'll sit down i can't help the team you know and that's not that's not good especially not in the finals yeah, it was, you know, having thought about it, initially I told you after the game that he got benched rightfully because he was really bad. <laughs> yeah. But it felt like even though they were getting killed, like I, I shouldn't feel like, you know, oh, Booker doesn't need to come back in this game because he's not going to help. Exactly. I never I never felt like that with CJ McCollum, and he's sold a, a number of games for Portland. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't feel like that for a lot of his peers. Yeah, that's that's where he falls short from like the the standard that people are holding him to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and you know we'll see how he responds. Like that that'll really show us, you know, how whether this was just a bad night or if he's, you know, selling the series. To be honest, right? Yeah, and and CP. The leader and the experience he vet he is, he'll probably tell him, "Look, man, you're not shooting good. We got to do something else. Make it happen." These guys, they're overplaying you on every play, so you know 
draw two guys, let us hit somebody else on the cut, anything. Yeah. You know? And, and CP frustrated me more than Booker did because he he had shot so great the first two games. Mm-hmm. And he pulled a LeBron uh, in that game three where it's uh, I can't create Cam Johnson throw something up or or Bridges throw something up yeah like I, I, I'm, I'm watching the game in mid third quarter I'm like yo CP I don't care if you're gonna miss like start missing <laughs> yeah this is one of those games that your best player needs more than 14 shots if yes, you lose by 20 they both take took 14 shots and I'm coming out the game like that's not nearly enough yeah this game, the Suns surprisingly, like, it, it was kind of out of reach, but they stayed, you know, a run away from coming back. Yeah, they did. They did. They saved a couple big shots from coming back. Exactly. Crowder kept them in the game for a while. I mean, Cam Johnson just erupted at one point. Yep. <laughs> and, and I thought they, I, I wanted to see CP say, I'm going to try to bring us back. If I can't, all right, we lose. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Booker couldn't do that because he was sitting down. And CP really never tried. No, he didn't. CP and, only and got a, some points when the game was pretty much out of reach. Right. And the Suns, the way the Suns are built, they're comfortable with that. So CP should be comfortable with it. You know? Yes. If he did that, the Suns would, all right, that's CP. We, that's how we lose. I'm not going to lose well, you only getting 19 points. Come on. Yes. And he's still like, you know, when he was getting tough shots and making them. He was. He yeah. just not didn't take nearly enough. Nope. Nope. That, that was, and you know, CP, this is where like his point guard mentality maybe hurt the team a little bit. Mm-hmm. Which I don't mind. But again, this was I, I would not have had a problem if he went five of twenty or, you know, eight of twenty five, something crazy like that. Yeah. Because the Bucks like the the Bucks made a much more concerted effort to contain the role players. Mm-hmm. So that that kind of frustrated me. But it, yeah. the, none of these are like none of these are problems that I don't think they could overcome. Right. It, it, one more to that the CP point for best players you, you know when you're watching games and you're taking stats you always got to think okay well what is this person's percentage of the team's wins most of the time like how much percentage of the points does CP average for the team probably a quarter a little less than a quarter 20% but in the games where you're not getting Booker's 20% I need at least 40% from CP. Yes. You got to make it up somewhere. And Aiden got two, in foul trouble, so he couldn't be involved at all. Right. In, in game two, you see, and this is where, to me, where you see greatness, and I, I have been a critic of Giannis for a long time. But you see the team wasn't playing good. Giannis gave his percentage and some, 40. You, you, you don't lose in the finals not giving everything Yes. You know, putting everything on the line, taking as many shots as you can. When you're the best player on the team, best player on the court, Giannis and he went even, out there and went, got 40. You know what I liked where I didn't really like him yelling in the huddle at one point? Yeah. Uh, because nobody responded. Right. But you know what I liked is that at a certain point, if guys aren't responding, that's on them. Mm-hmm. And Drew Holiday was not responding. And I don't remember at what point in the game this was. 
Bianca said, yo, forget whatever set you're trying to run. Just give me the ball. Yep. And that's something I, I don't see that much from him. No. And the way game two was going, I was like, yes, like this is exactly the kind of wake-up call this offense needs. Absolutely. So yep. uh, that's one thing that's throughout this series so far, Giannis is really emerging as – you know, the guy that they're, everybody's comparing him to or all these ESPN graphics are comparing him to. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he's he's definitely setting that foot into a winner. He's becoming a winner to me. Yes. For sure. Prior to game two, I was all Phoenix. Just I wanted Phoenix to win. I, I, I was going into game three like, I, I'm okay with this being a sweep, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after that game three, man, it's tough not to root for Giannis because he's working for it. Yeah, yeah, and and you know I think that's, and I'm not, I'm I'm not trying to you know, uh, I don't like Portis as much as I act like I do, but I think that's another reason why he plays so well with Giannis on the floor because he is a guy who if the best player wants to win he wants to win. Yes. You know, he, he's he's just a good worker, a loyal worker. Yes. He wanted to be on the Bucks so bad this off season, and you know because he wanted to win. That's more than I could say for a lot of other guys the Bucks bring in off the bench. You know, I will say I gave Drew Holiday credit for the shots. He's still missing fucking layups. Yeah, and taking way tougher layups than he has to. The I, I don't like he's missing makeable ones at this like game three it was a lot of makeable ones. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Game two I agree where it was a lot of like tough, like super athletic layups where it's like you're missing, maybe get an easy one. Right. But in game three, uh, the, just the quality of sh- layups was much better, and he still was just, like, just smoking them. Yep. I, 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 that, to me, is shocking because that's that's one thing where I thought he'd be a huge upgrade over Bledsoe. Finishing? Yes. Yeah. And it's like, I'd you know, I'd rather have Bledsoe's messy attempts... Because at least Bledsoe is keeping you honest by being aggressive. Yeah, and Bledsoe, you know, will just... I think Bledsoe's one of those guys who, if he misses a few easy easy ones, he goes and tries to get a tough one or goes and just comes right at your chest to get fouled. Yeah. Because he's like, all right, I missed the easy one. This time, like, I'm taking you with me on this one. Yes. Yeah, and, and Holiday doesn't, you know, he doesn't do that that much. He'll miss layups and then he'll take a tough three. To try to like get his rhythm for layups, which is obviously not. The honestly, right man, and this might over. be a hot take. I don't. Honestly, I don't think it is. I think Holiday is a worse point guard than Bledsoe is. <laughs> He's a much better player. Uh huh. But as far as being a point guard, I see Bledsoe used to attempt to play to the team's strengths. Yeah. I see like Bledsoe just playing to his own strengths for better or worse. Mhm. This like Holiday I don't know how much of it is the team, how mu- how much of it is him, but there's like he's too confident that he could do everything. Mhm. I just I wish he would narrow down like the the style of player he could be. Yeah. At least for a team as complete as Milwaukee is. Yeah, cuz I don't think like if if they didn't have Holiday and they just had Bledsoe and Hill still, I think they would be in the same boat that they're in. Yeah, like in a good way. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think Bledsoe probably wasn't the championship point guard they needed, but him being a point guard wasn't as much of a deficit as it was, you know, made out to seem. I as Holiday has been at times. Yeah. Right. Just he like Holiday, I, I've been frustrated with him this whole playoff run because he just he doesn't show a feel for the rhythm of the game at all. No. And I get that with like Damian Lillard isn't really like a point guard, like a traditional point guard, but he feels it. I mean, even scorers have some point guard like feel for the game. Well, you you know what difference is in this. I'm not. I don't know this. This is just an observation from someone for me who who has played point guard my whole life. Drew Holiday looks like someone who hasn't been point guard his whole life. Like he he looks like. He was a good player. He happened to be one of the shorter guys on the team. Right. So they say, okay, well, you bring the ball up. You can run point because you, you're strong. You play good defense on point guards. You can run point. The guys you're talking about, Dame, Steph, they have been point guard or at least, you know, ball dominant two guard their entire, entire but basketball. But that's why player. I go to scores because so, a lot of scores have shown – like, I have a lot of attention. I could get the team involved. Right. Bradley Beal has gotten much better at it. Mm-hmm. I think even Jason Tatum has gotten better at it. He's gotten better, yeah. Donovan is top Donovan tier at it. Donovan has improved every year. Yeah. So, I just, it's frustrating from a guy. It's kind of like the Russell Westbrook issues mm-hmm. where you should, like, at least learn from you playing the position. Yeah. So and I just don't see that so far. There's no reason Holiday doesn't average eight assists, eight to ten assists every night, even in the playoffs for the Bucks. To me, honestly, six to eight, I'd, I'd live with. I think that's enough because I, you know I, they just they move they move the ball well enough to not yeah. require like a high number of assists. Yeah, they don't. It doesn't. I mean, they don't need it to win. But I just think it, it would be easy to get eight assists for this team. The way he can get into too. the paint, there's Middleton out there, there's Lopez, there's Tucker, and everyone is just a lob away. Tucker's like the only guy in the starting five that can't catch a lob. And, and I see Tucker getting assists more often than Drew Holiday. Right. Easy ones. From the corner, which is a tough place to get an assist from, too. That's, that's the thing. When... Uh, again, goes back to just f- the feel of the game. When they run P.J. Tucker off the three-point line, he drives and puts pressure on the, the defense. Yeah. Drew Holiday just settles all the time. If, if he's out there and he gets a chance to put, like, you know, gather his feet, he's shooting it. Every yes. Time. Yeah. Tucker would give you a nice pump fake and yeah. try to, you Little- know, Pump fake, dump it down. Giannis gets a dunk, or Portis, or Lopez, or he'll but, give you that little two-hand rubber on the backboard slap layup. Yeah, he does that too. He he lays it up like a like a, a clearly undersized big man. Yeah, yeah, like Chuck yeah, Hayes or somebody. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. but the big problem is Davis. like. I, I, I shouldn't get that from my 3 and D wing more than the point guard. Right. Even even if he's not a classic point guard, a lot of guys aren't classic point guards and they find ways to create. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that's why 
that's why game four is what is the game I'm really looking for to see if Milwaukee like learned or not. Mm-hmm. Because while they did good things, honestly, I thought a lot of it was Phoenix losing and, and getting in, you know, Aiton getting in foul trouble. Yeah. Because the way Aiton was heating up before he got his third foul, mm-hmm. like there's no way Phoenix would have missed as many shots as they missed. Right. Because they would have had more of an inside presence. Mm-hmm. And would have uh, had second chance shots. Right. Yeah. So I, I just, I'm curious if Phoenix adjusts more or if Milwaukee, like, continues to build on the momentum they started taking. Right. Yep, me too. Okay, uh, so who who do you got, though? Who do you? What do you think is going to happen? I think Milwaukee builds on their momentum. I do too. They're they're good at that. That's yeah. probably that's what's had them so successful this whole playoff run. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm starting to think this series might play out very similar to the Brooklyn series. Mm-hmm. Uh, where now I don't know if game like if there's gonna be somebody who does what KD did in Game Five. Yeah. Uh, but I think Game Five. I think an individual will really decide, like that game. Mm, okay. I'm not the sure. First who game it back is. in Phoenix. Yes. Yeah. Because I, if Middleton goes back to Phoenix and plays like garbage again, I, they're not winning Game Seven. I could tell you right now. Mm-hmm. If it goes that far and it, it's looking like it should, uh, the way Holiday has just been playing and, and Middleton has kind of been so inconsistent. Yep. I mean, I'm not expecting Brooke Lopez to step up because they're not putting him in positions to succeed. Right. And Bobby Portis can only do so much in the limited minutes he gets. Right. So, you know, Phoenix, I think Phoenix will continue to let Giannis get eat, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think that is almost what you just have to live with at this point. Yes. Because uh, he already proved you can win, you can beat them with him getting forty and right and twelve, whatever he got. And and what it does when because when they guard Giannis in single coverage, they could contain everybody else much better. Yeah. So uh, I just I I don't see them getting away from that game plan unless Game Four something drastic happens, like they just go lights out, which they could do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll see. Middleton is due for a big game. So I think in your scenario, if someone decides game five, I think it would be my pick is Middleton for it. And I think uh, it, the Bucks could win three in a row. And then we'll really have a series. I'll, I'll give point. you a, a, a less expected pick. I think Aiton could take over game five. Mm, that's a good pick. Very, very good pick. Very good pick. Okay, uh, Team USA has taken two L's at this point. Did they lose? Uh, <laughs> no uh, way they lost again. There's no way. Well, um, uh, I had it playing in the background of you know what we're doing right now, and um, there's no way I gotta check now because I I looked up and Patty Mills was giving the post game interview, so. I have There's no way they're interviewing Patty Mills post game if they lost. 
Australia 91, USA 83. Patty had 22. And they were showing his highlights. <laughs> oh, man. He was getting a layups, too. That little pump fake pass to the corner, cut to the basket, easy layup. That's oh, his he, game. he cuts like... He's like a top-tier cutter in Australia. Oh, yeah. He's a good cutter in the league, but in Australia, I don't know if it's the coaching. I don't know. Maybe it's something about their system. Yeah. But his cuts are, like, devastating. Yeah, they are. Uh, USA is taking their second loss in a row. In the exhibition games, of course. I I don't know if they're doing this on purpose just to come out in the Olympics and absolutely... Wreck teams, good old Aaron Baines. They're not good yeah. enough to do that. Let's be. Let's keep it at hundred. <laughs> I hope if that's what they think they're doing, they're in for a rude awakening. <sighs> Man, I don't know. It's kind of funny how they're still calling just anyone who beats USA a upset. To me, if you after they lose to Nigeria, there's no more upsets. Oh yeah, no offense team to Nigeria, USA is another team now. Right. They're not a no favorite. They're not, like, cause... way better. Right, right. No offense to Nigeria because they got ballers. but And a um, good coach. Great coach. Um, But, nah, man. We can't do this. We can't keep doing this. Dybul was eating. Everybody was Did eating. Did you say Dybul? Yeah. Matisse. Yeah. This, you, you this, got you got three and D guys who haven't even really worked on their shot that much eating. This basketball Australia Twitter post says Mills Dibel combo has the praying hands up next to it. You know what this shows? Like they're in, a dynamic duo. Again, I'm, I didn't watch either game. We won't really get to like analyze their games till the the real games start. Right. Maybe I'll catch one of the late exhibitions if I get a chance. Uh, the the epidemic that the bad defense has been in the league, yeah, it's rearing its ugly head here. It's now an international incident. It's like a, a pandemic at this point. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why I use the word epidemic because it's like a spreading disease. Yeah. And it's very contagious, very easily spread. Because just watching the highlights of the Nigeria game, think about the thought of a team scoring 60 points from three. That isn't Team USA. You would think by like 30, 45, there would be a concerted effort to run guys off the line. Mm Mm-hmm. No, let's just expect they miss. By the way, for those who aren't good at math, 30 points from threes is 10 threes. So. They hit twenty. They hit. They're, exactly. they're like a. They're like setting league records. Yeah, I think is their national team's record for sure. I would not be surprised at all. Mm-hmm. And it's again like this. This idea that they have to give something up. They don't have to like just die by it. Right. No versatility. Uh, I'm watching the highlights. Gabe Vincent is ripping through layup. Yep. I mean, he's like, Damian Lillard has to hezzy in the league to get a layup 
or or make like a quick change of pace move. Yeah. But Gabe Vincent could just rip through and nobody could guard him because uh, I guess rip throughs are really tough. <laughs> what? That's like pickup defense. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's what I'm talking about is these guys, they clearly don't practice enough. Mm-hmm. They clearly don't value the little aspects of what it takes to win. Right. All they care about is extending the range. And, and you know, I, when I first read this roster, I thought it was nice. I thought we had a lot of versatility. We were both very excited. But you know what I realized? We have no specialists on the team. At anything. Like, Draymond, he's he's kind of lost his specialist card to me. But, what, Zach Levine's a dunk specialist? There's no other specialist on the roster. He's really not. I, I was just like, man, we have always had a guy who can shoot. We've had a guy who is athletic. We've had a guy who just does this. Now we have all, a bunch of guys with, like, the, you know, B-plus on everything on 2K. Like, that's what we have for everybody, you know? But, but you know, you know my we problem... We have a couple guys, A-minuses, but... My, you know. my, my problem with that is 2012 and 2008, guys mm-hmm. who aren't specialists come in and say, this. we need a specialist in this way, this is what I'm going to do. And they picked a role, right. Russell Westbrook in 2012 came in, picked up full court, pushed the tempo every time, and just ye- yelled like he was Bobby Portis every highlight. Yeah. Mello, Even if it wasn't him. Mello was playing in 2012 like he's playing now. Yeah. But these guys now, now these guys, they, they don't have that like level of uh, awareness. Yeah. It, it, the thing is, the difference is there's really no Olympians on this team. I mean, Durant... He won, but it wasn't the same Durant as it is today. And I mean that in a bad way. But the thing is, everyone wants to be who they are there. Like Tatum, you cannot be... You can't be the Celtics Tatum on Team USA. You just can't. Beal, you can't take 40 shots on Team USA. You can't do it. Zach Levine, you have to pass on Team USA. Dame is playing like he's in Portland. Yeah, but I mean, for better or for worse, I mean at least it's he only has some worse. points. It's tonight. only worse because it hurts like the talent of this roster. Yeah, but it it, it does. But I think Dame is is the rare case for them that if he doesn't do that, what is he doing? Good point. He was he was in a lot of the. The like, dude, your defense. You're not even playing defense moments against Nigeria. Yeah. Right, that's true. Yeah, it, but in this game tonight, he had, you know, I think he led them in scoring. He had 16 in the first half, but and that's what Dame does. But he doesn't have to come out of the second half and take 30 shots, obviously. So he can't do that. No, obviously he can't do that. Draymond, no turnovers, please. No, no hard fouls, no flagrant fouls and turnovers. That's not. We don't need that. Kevin Love, we need you to be healthy and play. So it's like, it looks like this, and Kevin Love's an Olympian, so let me let me give him his respect. But it looks like a lot of these guys want to come there and just be, you know, like they got 
picked because of who they are in the league. They got picked because of their skill set that we want to transfer, you know, transfer onto Team USA. That's it. The skill set, not you. You got to play for Team USA. Uh, but. but again, it comes back to the main point where none of that matters if you if you can't get stops. Oh, of course not. Because yeah. 2012, and I remember 2012 way better than 08. Uh, in 2012, they did they struggled to score at times. 08 was the Kobe. That was the redeem team. Yes, Kobe taking care oh, yeah. of Spain by himself in the final. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but 2012, I remember they struggled to score on a number of occasions in a number of games. Yeah, they did. Not Nigeria, surprisingly, but a lot of the other games they struggled to score. But the defense was. A hundred percent, all the time. That was the year Dwight went. Twenty twelve? No, that was 08. I think Dwight was in 08. 08, Okay, okay. Twenty Chandler. We had Chandler then. Yes. Yeah, Chandler Specialist. was cleaning, cleaning the glass. Specialist. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. We had at least we had like at least two or three every time. It wasn't like the whole team. I'm not saying the whole team needs to be specialists. Yes. But we had two or three that was like, all right, we know what he's on the team for. Yeah, and a number of guys have to step up and be specialists. Right, exactly. And I'm not... Good point. Two, two games in, nobody seems to be wanting to do that. No. I, and Dame, unfortunately, Dame is one of those guys like, all right, we lost first game. I'm getting buckets this game. Like, we, we can't lose this game. And the thing is, you know, I when I looked up there towards the end of the game, he wasn't in the game. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the game plan is. I'm sure he's getting a lot of these guys reps. It's only the exhibition games, but still, we got to at least show we can win. We can't go in there, come into the Olympics 0-4, talking about, you know, here we go. We're going to get it done. It's not how, We can't do that. Not how it works. And, and all these teams... They're like they're built like teams. Yeah, they are. And now the talent is catching up, and you're you're making that even more of a problem because the talent didn't catch up all the way. It's right. not like there's rosters in other countries better than what we got. Of course not. But you're right. not. You giving up sixty points on wide open three pointers. Yeah. You're giving up layups to Okogi, who can who barely plays in Minnesota. Right. He's pretty good. But, Mm -hmm. like, he shouldn't just be attacking guys on an island. He shouldn't score on a team full of all-stars. Exactly. Be frank about that. He's good, but he's not And he scored regularly. Yeah, he did. He got... And even if he didn't score, he was in the paint. He was just... He was living in the paint. Yeah, and that's how they got so many wide-open shots. Yeah. The Nigeria one is bad. Australia, I'm not mad at Australia... It's, I've said before, I think Patty Mills is the Olympic, God. is the best Olympic player of my lifetime. I, I think his jersey should be retired in the Olympics because he's eaten, absolutely eaten for Australia. Um, you know, they got a good squad. They got a lot of NBA players, yeah. Baines, Ingles, Dival, Exum, you know, those guys. I don't think Bogut is playing this time, but, uh, you know, they got guys, so I'm not completely mad about that loss that's one that we might lose to them for real in the olympics but nigeria unacceptable 
And no offense to Nigeria, congratulations on the dub. Good dub, obviously, great dub. But come on, Team USA. We can't do that. We can't lose the Team Nigeria. I can't. I can't have I it. just, I'm looking, again, I'm thinking back to 2012. Russell Westbrook stepped up and became a specialist who's never been a specialist in the league. And so it hasn't since then either. Uh, Darren Williams, who barely could be a specialist when he was, you know, running on thin legs because he was getting hurt all the time. He was a great facilitator that Olympics. Exactly. Great. D. Wade was a specialist in 08 and 2012. He was defense and cutting. That's it. That was it. I, I just, it. I, it's it's hard. Like, Kobe and LeBron were, obviously, they were like the clear-cut, not specialist guys. And even Durant in 2012 was only feasting off the ball movement. Yeah, Durant yeah. was a catch-and-shoot player. Yeah, he would just and attack he, and make defensive plays. The, word, the crazy thing about Durant is, that's still what he is in the league. He just, like, for some reason, sometimes he chooses not to do it. That's still his game. In the big scheme of things, honestly, Durant is still a catch-and-shoot specialist. That's what he does best. Yes. He could score on people because he's, you know, bigger on people. He, he's talented, but his game is still catch-and-shoot. But And he hasn't done that in the last two games for the Olympic team. I, I, I think... You know, once we get into the regular games, we'll talk about Popovich's game plan and, and what he's doing more. Yeah. And but, he has to get a feel for these guys, I'm sure. Right. But these guys yeah. have to do some soul-searching, and they have to step up and be coachable. Yeah. They have to step up and, like, be winning players. Yeah. I do think it's unfortunate we didn't get more vets to go. I understand, you know, the shortened season... I, mean, I guess we gotta in, lose again and get a redeemed team in four years, for uh, for yeah. like LeBron is gonna come back. I was gonna say that's gonna be disgusting because it's gonna be the guys who are on it, the team now. Yeah, like, they're gonna be the, the vets guys. in four years. Because at least the the team before the redeemed team last time, they they were like the older guys. Tayshawn Prince, I think Chauncey went. Like a lot of the Pistons went. Um, Sean Marion was there. So it was like guys who were like on their way out kind of of their prime. We got guys in their prime now. So it's it's showing also just how like Luka's dominating with his team. Like we're mm-hmm. probably going to see Jokic. I'm not I'm not sure if they made it. Uh, but if, uh, if they I, made I it, they we'll did. see him. Uh, obviously, Patty Mills and a number of Australian guys. We just saw with Nigerian guys. Did Bogdanovich join his team? I believe he did. Okay. But, uh, again, I'm not sure. Um, mm-hmm. But the point is, the IQ. Those overseas guys dominate with IQ. Yeah. Whereas the USA guys have gotten more and more dependent on athleticism. Mm-hmm. And it's showing. That's why the margin has caught up as quickly as it has. And the other problem is, if you know, if we take an L this time, next time the other teams are going to be better. So, For sure. And now yeah, next, there's not that like fear factor at all. Yeah. It's already gone. Yep. I, I've seen some of the prospects coming out of France. 
They got some. They got some guys. Australia is still gonna be good. Ben Simmons will be in Australia next time. I mean, Spain. Uh, Spain is always good. Spain's always good. Yeah. Argentina plays like they're always good. Yep. Yep. One of those European teams with the Bogdanoviches, you know, Luca, um, Porzingis. We got a lot of guys that next time we're gonna be really ready. Yep. So. I don't know, man. I don't want. I don't want to see Zion. I don't want to see just a Duke team on the Olympics next time. I don't want to see Zion, Ingram, Tatum, and you know uh, we can't have R.J. Barrett, Reddish. I don't want to see that because obviously Canada is going to be good too. I really don't care who we see if if they're not going to play any fucking defense. (laughs) This result is going to continue to happen. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, is there big, anything else? Big sports weekend. There's a bunch. Some other stuff we could talk about. Djokovic, twentieth uh, slam. I mean, twentieth uh, major. I've been hesitant to say this. He's the greatest tennis player of all time. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm late. You're. You've probably been there already. He's the goat. Uh, I just. I don't know if it was the the childhood love I had for Federer when he was dominating. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. Federer still, to me, has the best backhand I've ever seen. It's great. Uh, yeah. But Djokovic's mobility, his consistency. And, and Djokovic, the way he's... Like, he's actually gotten better, like, even at this age. Yes. Like, at 34, 33, 34, he's still getting better and still, like, yeah. surpassing people. Yeah. Just weird. And, and I liked Berrettini a lot, man. I, I, I think he could be really good. I told you mm-hmm. this after the game. I think he's got the tools to be really good. Yep. yep. It, it was kind of weird because he was moving really well in the final. Mm-hmm. And the commentators were talking like it was kind of surprising that he was moving so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if he continues to get better at that, I mean, all his other tools, his serve game is really great. Like, he serves with such power. Yep. Even on the second serves, when he gets a fault, he serves with power. Yeah. yeah. Uh, his return game is really good. He's creative. Yep. So he's got the tools to be really good, but that consistency, that's what separates good from great. Yeah, man. I, I, and I said this uh, I said this to you off air. Djokovic got to be like the worst matchup for the young guys, man. I know. I mean, Federer like, was like this too. He he was, but sometimes the really athletic guys would catch Federer on a on an off night. He looked a little more, uh, yeah, like he looked more. What's the word I'm looking for? Like, like Djokovic looks indestructible. Yeah, Federer didn't look quite like that. Right, right. Because Federer was there was always a matchup for that was always hard for Federer. Obviously Nadal. Or it would be one of those... Davidenko used to give him fits. Yep, yep. Even when Wawrinka, before oh, yeah. he had oh, all yeah. his shoulder surgeries or whatever, he it was the young, athletic, really strong guy. Even Roddick. Roddick could have beat him that historic uh, final, I remember. Yeah, yeah. So it would be the athletic guys that would give Federer fits, and then the smart guys would, you know, finesse guys would give Nadal fits. 
But Djokovic is just like the mix of both where it I doesn't know. matter. I know. It's crazy. It doesn't matter. And uh, you can see in the young guys, um, who did he play uh, the last tournament in the final? Was it Tsitsipas? Or... Uh, I think so. Yeah, you could see in his face, like, he was just defeat. It was just like, man, I, I just do not know how to beat this guy. Yep. Yeah, it was just... It's funny how uh, that is for the young guys to play a vet like Djokovic. It's tough. I, I would have been interested like if Murray hadn't broken down suddenly. Yeah. Because Murray started to kind of push through like the, the stigma of him, you know, coming up short in finals. Yeah. Uh, and he was kind of on his way to be great. And he had a lot of the, the consistency tools that mm-hmm. Djokovic had. So it would have been interesting to see you know him battling with Novak for another like four or five years and they had battles exactly that um when Murray won the Olympics did he beat Djokovic I think he did I, I don't want to be wrong but I don't know if it was in the final but I think he beat Djokovic in that yeah but and that was yeah, he had, sure. I think around that year that like I forgot what year it was but he he showed that he could beat anybody he could play as well as anybody it was the whatever the London Olympics was. Yeah, because he was playing at home. That's what made it such a big deal. I don't know. Was it four years from? So sixteen. Yeah, I think it was twenty sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. And then his twelve just, was Rio, right? I forgot what injury he had, but it was like nerve damage. It was something like really bad. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it really couldn't be fixed all the way. I remember them yeah, saying he like he couldn't even like Federer has had a lot of problems, you know, with age and just breaking down. But he's been able to recover to at least play. Yeah, uh, Murray couldn't do that at all. And Nadal has only really ever played two tournaments a year. <laughs> Nadal has had like two or three stretches where he's just just unstoppable. Yeah. But and then, Djokovic has sustained that multiple times. Mm-hmm. Djokovic has broken down like all these other guys and has mm-hmm. come back and still been able to do that. And it's weird because Djokovic, when Djokovic first like started getting good, I, and I remember this, I remember I was a little kid, I was at my uh, grandmother's house for Christmas, and I remember seeing Djokovic like when he was... I want, it might have only been like his fourth major or so. And they were like, oh, yeah, he's the young guy looking to challenge Nadal and Federer. And I didn't realize he's only like a year younger than Federer. <laughs> he's only like two or three years younger than Federer. And That's I think why, he's the same age as Nadal. I remember early on, man, and again, I was Federer guy through and through. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, Novak, I don't think Djokovic is ever going to beat him. Because yeah. he spent the first, like, three years, Federer was just dominating him. Yeah. Then yeah. he had that, like, push through. I want to say it was, like, 2011, 2012, something around that time. Mm-hmm. And he just became, like, the, the most complete defensive player. He's kind of like Floyd. Yeah. He's just, his defense is insane. It is, yeah. It's just so, like, he just makes you beat yourself. Yeah, because he gets to everything. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, he, I mean, he hit, some, he hit some crazy shots, and then he'll just blow you off the yeah. court with his serves, too. I mean, 
It's everything. It, it yeah. is, he's getting to the point where there's really no flaws in his game. And, and, oh, he's and been at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, since that one year he had, that was basically the undefeated year. I think he lost in the last final of the last tournament of the year or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Since then, I mean, that year it showed he just had everything. He was flawless. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, you could talk about the uh, soccer. Um, I, I mean, I'm happy for Messi, but that game sucked. Because mm-hmm. once Di Maria scored, I'm happy for him too, because he, you know, he'd had a lot of problems choking in big games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after they had that goal, it was just like, yo, Brazil, y'all barely touching the ball. Yep. <laughs> we we not we not even putting ourselves in position to lose this. No way. Mm-hmm. And then I watched Sunday. It was a completely different story where England scores immediately. And I'm like, oh, no, like it's going to be the same thing. They're going to play keep away and just pass it back and forth. Italy flipped that switch. But England kept attacking in the first half. They did, yeah. And then Italy was sloppy in the first half. But in the second half, they just made more of an effort to get up. Yeah. And it showed because their goal was pretty sloppy. Mm-hmm. But it was just them getting it for, more forward and more forward constantly. And it was a good job by their coach subbing in another, like, attacking player. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that, you know, after that it was a pretty even game. Yeah. You know, they, they both had some chances, but it, it was pretty even game. I, I don't really have, like, a anybody was better than the other team so I thought it deserved to go to shootout Mm -hmm. and I mean the shootout was not good right a lot of misses just bad penalties I thought Harry Kane after that Harry Kane I think the third penalty Mm -hmm. uh, like the second England penalty that he made which was really tough Mm -hmm. everybody was just missing yep uh, and, and Italy, you know, got lucky. I mean, I, I don't understand why England had a 19-year-old instead of Raheem Sterling. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, that's not like a criminal offense. Right, right. Uh, so it, it was a great game, man. It was it was a fun game. Italy, uh, well-deserved. Italy and England both yeah. had a really spectacular run to get to this point. Yep, yep, big-time run. Yep. All right. What else we got? Anything? Did you see McGregor? Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. <laughs> uh, that was disappointing. Yeah, that's a, like you said, bad way to lose. Yeah. He didn't help matters. He's just like... It's tough it's to, hard to root for. I, I understand. Yeah. Uh, like, more and more people are starting to hate him. Mm-hmm. And I get why, because the problem with him is his talking is top tier always. Yeah. His what's his fighting is the same, bro. It, it's he's just, and, and this might this might sound super haterish, and obviously I don't mean this literally, but he's just a Paul brother that is actually like in the federation of. In the that, that is super. He's a knockout artist. He's he's like a, he's, a clock you, get you out. 
But yeah. if I don't, <laughs> this right. is all talk. If you could eat punches, yeah. I if you could wrestle, oh dear God, yeah. Connor's gonna have nightmares. Yep. Or if you if you are just a more trained boxer than him, a lot of times he just wins off of, you know, confidence. His punches exactly. are a lot of times just off of confidence. Exactly. He's not. We've seen him try to box. He's not a good boxer. No. And, and once just, Khabib. Once Khabib erased the invincibility factor, yeah, the hype factor, where it's like, okay, this guy could be beat. Yeah, look at him. He's every every fight I see less and less of like why he's a top tier fighter. Yep. Dustin Poirier. Every fight has done something different and improved every fight. Mm-hmm. Connor's. I mean, he tried to copy. The second fight, trying to kick him. I'm mm-hmm. watching. I'm like, clearly this is not your game. Yep. And Poirier was just, like, handling him. And the reason why I slightly disrespect him by just calling him a Paul brother. It was not slightly. Because, That's disrespect. Well, let me tell you why. It's because he still makes the high end of every fight. It's because of loses. This. It's because of and this loses. right here. His mouth is better than any other UFC fighter. He's a great promoter. Oh, top tier. But but that's why I say, at this point, fighting him isn't because you're trying to excel your career. Because the the problem is, you make money for fighting him, but after that fight, your stock doesn't go up. Poirier makes no more money before fighting McGregor as he does after. He doesn't, like, his reputation doesn't improve. No. All. all you do is you you fight him for the payday that day of fighting him. Yes. I, so, again, it's I was frustrated that it ended that way. Mm-hmm. But then he's immediately talking about his wife, talking about she's in the DMs. Like, dude, take your fucking L like a man. Bro, I, he was laying on the ground with broken legs doing that. That's what I'm saying. Are you, have you lost your mind? He's trashing Khabib in the Stephen A. interview. Like, yo, Khabib handled you. Khabib has handled everybody. Like, dude, take your L's like a man. Khabib has handled every single person that he's fought. That's like, it's different if Khabib had only just beaten McGregor and like, you know, saying he has multiple title defenses. Yeah, he's twenty. He's, you know, a lot of these guys have good, decent UFC records, but they've like gotten spanked in, like, other MMA. Khabib has never lost at all. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. So it's like, what are you talking trash for, dude? Uh, I just, uh, it's, again, like, I never, it's so weak to me when you lose and talk shit. Before the game. Khabib was, bored with the UFC, by the way. Huh? Khabib was, like, bored with the UFC. He was like, look, man, I know I'm 25. I'm 29 and 0, but... I've done this, everything I needed to do. Yeah, like, this this stuff is whack. I'm done with this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going home to the farm. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> it's, this isn't even worth it I anymore. Just, like, I just can't lose. Yeah, again, it's... it's Connor's just a promoter. Like, you talk shit before, I get it. You talk shit during, I get it. After you fucking lose? Yeah. And they'll pay you a couple million for the next four you fight. He might as well, bro. He might as well go fight Jake Paul at this point. Yeah. 
He might as well go back to. He might as well fight another fighter. Fight Javante Davis or something like that. Fight someone that he, he, you know, everyone knows he can't beat. Yeah. So, if he fights the Paul brother, I wonder if it'll be boxing or uh, MMA. It's got to be boxing. Jake Jake may go to MMA training for two no weeks way. and be ready. No way. <laughs> Dude, it's box. I would put money that it's a boxing match. Cause they're... It's not like McGregor's going to do anything that he, you know, do anything special MMA-wise. Not like he's going to... Yeah. I just... It's time, like... It, the UFC has ridden his popularity and, again, his promoting talent far enough. Yeah. This needs to be the cutoff point. Yeah, Because it's, it's like a joke moving forward at this point to consider him like like a box office fighter as if he's top tier that's that's a joke to your own sport it's just the money man they'll take the joke if if, you know they get paid for it maybe with jake paul jake paul i don't mind or like a boxing match with somebody like pacquiao or something crazy okay entertainment i got it pacquiao would work mcgregor 100 percent any robots would. The problem is Pacquiao wouldn't play around like Mayweather did. Like it would be over second round. Like it, Pacquiao's not a dude that is going to be out there goofing. Oh yeah, off. Pacquiao's a killer. He's he doesn't <laughs> he's not, he doesn't waste opportunities. Yeah, he's not going to do it for the crowd. Pretend to get hit like Mayweather did. That little tap that Gregor gave yep. McGregor gave him. Yeah, Mayweather went against the ropes. Oh, whatever. <laughs> and then next round knocked him out. Pacquiao's not playing like that. That was so whack. Like, <laughs> yeah, Floyd. It was so clear he was not hurt. I like, hate Floyd. I wish Floyd had that same Pacquiao mentality. Because, uh, like, he, you, you couldn't even question his greatness if he did. Right. He'd be the clear goat. I know. He he has the stigma of uh, only fighting people after they've already been yes. knocked out. Yes. That, that narrative that he, like, ducked top-tier competition... Mm-hmm. And a lot of stretches, mm-hmm. like he can't shake it now. Like now, it's it's gonna stick with him forever. And he fought Canelo, and Canelo was like, just like his first belt. Like after Canelo got his first yeah. belt, Mayweather fought him. He didn't even fight Canelo in his prime, obviously, right? Because he's in his prime now. But yeah, yep, man. Well. What else? What other sports? Anything? Uh, I think that's it, man. It was a big sport weekend. Yeah. Maria Taylor got offered $3 million a year from ESPN after the drama that's been going on. It's going to be interesting to see what, he, what she does. Uh, <laughs> haven't heard about uh, Rachel Nichols' contract yet, but <laughs> I'm sure it would be nice. Sure, I like good. the jump, man. Whatever happened, I don't mind if they boot her off of like all the other stuff. Yeah, but the, hopefully she gets to keep the jump at least. I agree. I love the jump. It's and, a great show. And a lot of these guys, when they leave ESPN, they keep the show pretty similar. It's just their show now. What do you mean? Like you know, the the Miami guy uh, Lebatard, he's still like. The, his the show he does now outside of ESPN is the same t- type oh, of show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just kind of yeah, like more like of like Skip. a podcast type of thing. Yeah, Skip Bayless is the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know these guys. Jamel Hill's more versatile, but 
mm-hmm. a lot of them just kind of keep the same style of content. Yeah, Lucas and Jamel and um, Michael. Michael, ah, dude, I don't remember his last. Some basic. Smith, maybe. I, I don't. I, I don't, don't, don't want to be wrong. Well, well, yeah, losing that show really sucked because that was a great show. I liked it. I know their chemistry was good. And and I know he still works for ESPN, but I never see him anymore. I didn't even um, know. I wouldn't have been surprised if you told me he doesn't work for ESPN. <laughs> I was I was watching something and I caught him. I was watching some weird time too, and then there he was. I'm like, oh, he still is at ESPN, huh? Like it was a shock to me. But yeah. Yep. All right. Well, we'll be back after the next game for another uh, game break in between. Yeah. And then give our deep dive if it goes much further after that. Uh, but yeah. Until then, subscribe, yep. like, share, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, everything. So, thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.